It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, Albie, let's get right to Joe Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right now. All right. I will answer the question. By the way, oh, no, no, I won't forget it. I will, um, I was going to say answer the question because Justin left a question on the chat chat asking if we tip the mailman on today's KMS show. Uh, Colony said he never has ever. And we have tipped our mailman before, but I don't know if we've tipped this mailman. But it's, we, uh, we do whenever we can afford to, <laughs> or when Put we were that and, way. and or when we remember, right? Um, so our last guy we used to, but that is a, so I am pro tipping of the mailman. Yes, I'm pro tipping so, everybody that yes. you can. We're we're pretty good tippers, I would say that that is true. But um, but uh, so yeah, I I, I I mean, what's worse if you don't tip him? Like Colleen has no idea, has been stiffing him for a decade. Or if you know you're supposed to, but you've missed your opportunities. But that's been it. We've been effing freaking busy. And you know what? F you. I make up for it uh, in carbon credits. They're like John like, Kerry, I make up for it by tip over tipping other people too, okay? They um, also are not supposed to accept <clears throat> gifts like over a certain amount, oh, but God, I've never Alice, known one Alice. to turn it down either. So, And I also think like if you give them too little money, it mm-hmm. looks worse too because it's like if you give them 20 bucks... And like all the other neighbors gave a hundred, then you're showing that you know you're supposed to tip, but you're being cheap. So it's like almost worse I than think just probably, not tipping at all. Alice, have being somebody who has been tipped for a living before, that there are tippers and there are non-tippers. It is a very binary world. And mm-hmm. if you're somebody who stiffs, then you are marked as somebody who stiffs. If you're somebody who. But def- mailmen don't live on tips. I think that's different than sure. But they quite enjoy them. They're not making them. like a tipped wage. They quite enjoy them. Right. No, I'm I'm pro tipping mailmen. We have tipped okay. mailmen in the past. <clears throat> All right, so so then I want to get to uh, Joe Biden today. Joe Biden gave what was supposed to be a a speech about uh, inflation and his plan to take it down. It, once again, he did the did the speech from the fake set that this administration has made up in a in a room in the old executive office building, which is a it's literally a set with fake windows, with fake <laughs> yeah. everything. It's bizarre. They do it because they can they claim. Like the AV guy doesn't want to have to install and deinstall stuff from the Oval Office, all the pre- teleprompters, whatever. But uh, I, that seems odd to me that they would really cater to the AV guy who's sick of having to, you know, use duct tape well, and, and duct tape down the, the wires. Well, they have all the media in there. There's like space for an audience or whatever, so they can well, like have everybody in there. That's what they say. But I have never seen this before. This like, president being on a set thing is this is new for Biden, right? Did Trump ever go on the no, pretend White no, House set? No, like, it's weird, the thing right? is, is it for for somebody who much of the country thinks is being overhandled because he's addled? This seems it just feeds right into that, right. so he probably shouldn't be that. It, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. He mangled some stuff, regardless. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week that the number one threat 
is the strength and that strength that we build is inflation. Yeah. Okay. But there were some couple of notable things, and this is what and this is where I think the communication shop has to get better. I love it, but they let he takes questions at the end of these things mm-hmm. and he punches himself into a corner a lot of times. So so listen to this meander into really the takeaway quote of the day. I have conversations almost every day. Well, that's, not, that's an exaggeration. At least twice a week with one of my European counterparts, heads of state. And what, how can we help them, in fact, wean themselves off of Russian oil because they're so totally dependent? So we're liking like we're working like the devil to help them transition because as long as Russia is able to make money selling oil, they're going to continue to be able to do the bad things they're doing. So there's a lot. It's really complicated. I'm not suggesting American people can't understand it. They understand it, but they have you know they're working eight ten hours a day just to put food on the table. And so I think what's happened is we have, in a sense. I never expected, let me say, say this carefully, I never expected the ultra-MAGA Republicans who seem to control the Republican Party now to have been able to control the Republican Party. I, I never anticipated that happening. So the economy woes, economic woes, and the inflation is because of MAGA, as he caroms from a Russia in global events. Mm-hmm. And this coincides with talking points that he's been using the last couple of days, ultra-MAGA, super-MAGA Congress. So in other words, this inflation is a matter of the Republicans... Not letting him... Right, because they're super-MAGA. So in other words, Ultra-mega. it's Trumpism right. that's causing all this stuff, mm-hmm. he says, which is... Worth a shot, I guess. <laughs> is Joe Manchin part of Ultra MAGA? I guess it's worth a shot. You know, blame the side not in power. That is great. Why? Why, did, why are you guys failing at every economic uh, avenue we come to? The Republic, the minority party, <laughs> and <clears throat> not to mention every suggestion that Biden and the Democrats come up with with how to fight inflation or how to fight high gas prices literally makes it worse. Like, if we have to provide oil for Germany also, I presume he's talking about Germany right now because right. that's probably the biggest state that's totally dependent on uh, Russian oil. Um, if we have to help them get off their oil dependency, that creates more demand for oil out of the same oil that we're trying to buy oil from. So that causes prices to go up. His hijinks with the strategic oil reserves that are leading us now to have to buy oil to you know, fill up the strategic oil reserves again. That's caused more demand for oil. That's going to cause the oil prices to rise again. This is a situation that's compounded by everything they do. People in, in Congress, Democrats in Congress, have floated the idea of prepaid gas cards to send out to the American people. That would create more demand for gas and cause the prices to go up also. I mean, all of all of their ideas... When they say they're going to fight inflation and they're like, we're going to fight inflation by giving more money to parents to pay for childcare. We're going to fight inflation mm-hmm. by forgiving student loans. Every answer that they have to, quote, fight inflation is just to give people more money, which causes inflation. Yes. It, that it causes increased demand for stuff that already there's more demand for the stuff than the supply chain is able to get to them. That's it, the whole it, problem. But, but But they don't. It's like a pit bull with a child or small dog in its mouth. They never relinquish the this grip on the on this messaging, and they stick to it. So yes, we have to. In they were trying to tell us that Build Back Better would curb inflation mm-hmm. because people would have the ability to pay for stuff. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. It's craziness. And if they wanted to, well, they are saying I. I mean, like to. I guess to play devil's advocate, I think what they would say would be that it helps families deal with the impacts of inflation. They said that, but they also said that it would help curb inflation. 
Right, but by curb inflation, they mean make inflation not feel so bad for that's people. That's not what they said. No, I know, but that's like what I think they're driving at. But the problem is, like, while that is, it's just like the strategic oil reserves thing or just like the stimulus or just like the child tax credit payments and everything else. Like, you put the money in people's hands, and yes, it makes the inflation not feel so bad right this minute, but the thing about markets is that then they adjust. And they adjust by the prices going up in order to meet the increase in demand that people have to properly distribute the goods to the people who are willing to pay the highest price for them. That's what the markets do. So that just causes more inflation. And it was interesting to watch at the beginning when they were like, it's transitory. And they were saying like, well, it's just in certain sectors. The prices haven't gone up on everything. It's just used cars. It's just this. It's just that. Right. But the thing is, is that when you give people a bunch more money, you will see that weird inflation in like one sector, but not another, because it creates like weird pockets of demand. When you hand people extra money, it creates unexpected demand overall in the economy. And you can't really predict where people are going to choose to spend that extra money. But if they all decide to go buy a used car, then yeah, then it's going to cause the prices of used cars to go up. But the thing is, you're going to get that demand somewhere because you gave people the money. So it doesn't almost doesn't matter which sector it's in. You've you've put the demand into people's hands, the potential to buy stuff in a way that's going to cause inflation somewhere. You just aren't sure where until they actually decide to spend it. So it every suggestion that they have will make it worse. Mm -hmm. It's and incredible so many, to me. So many factors to part of the, the why this demand is is creating log jams and you know one reason is obviously suddenly everybody wants to get whatever the new power widget from Tesla at the same time and Tesla of course produced fewer of those during the covid because nobody was doing anything mm -hmm. and now they don't have the chinese who make some of the parts are locked in their villages and and starving to death and so there's supply chain problems etc his the problem with Biden's economic agenda is that it doesn't take into account any of the harsh realities out in the world and, in fact, uses them to justify um, the passage of his agenda. Right. Right. We, oh, see, the reason inflation's bad is because we didn't spend enough money. We didn't pass Build Back Better. We didn't pass, like, this crazy huge social safety net that I wanted to pass for people. We didn't spend money on the human infrastructure of, you know, whatever, healthcare people right. or stupid things that were in Build Back Better, right? Um, and so here's another one. Here's another one uh, that I thought was bizarre. I did see a couple of people write about this, but... This is Biden during the scrum. This is one of the reasons he shouldn't do this. But I, it, it's you. I mean, just politically for them, just have, just let the Republicans keep saying the guy's uh, lost his mind and shuffle him out of there, because sometimes he answers honestly. Do you support any restrictions on abortion, or what limits do you believe there should be? As, as the because I don't want, I want the story to be about inflation. I'm not going to respond to anything because I want the story to be about inflation. And. You never hear somebody. I mean, obviously, that's the strategy. That's what they were working on right. all morning before he went out there with Ron Klain and Jen Psaki and the whole team got together and talked about this. Yeah, he, he, I'm sure he's just repeating the words that they told him. Now, yes. listen, sir, you're not going to answer anything because we want the story to be about inflation. And so exactly. he, he's parroting back the words. Right. And so he doesn't answer about abortion, which is an interesting thing considering. You would think that his base would want to hear something about Roe v. Wade. But he's not going to, as he tells you, because the, poli the political, uh, you know, um, marksmanship provides that he stay away, sidestep that, so that they can work on this particular policy thing that is, that is a more, uh, is, is, attends to more broad interest. Well, right, and I'm sure they've seen the polling, too, the same right. polling that we've talked about where, you know, for all that I think this was an attempt to move the needle on the midterms, it really hasn't. That right. people are concerned enough about, like, for example, not being able to feed their babies that the uh, abortion debate isn't really registering, or what Ron DeSantis is doing in full the Florida public schools isn't registering on their, like, top ten list of things to worry about. They're worried about, like, whether their paycheck is going to cover groceries next month. You know, that's, like, 
that's so much more pressing. And I mean, finally, I feel like the baby formula story is getting some attention. But I can't imagine what parents are going through right now who can't feed their babies. You know, obviously, I'm a big proponent of breastfeeding because it you avoid all the issues like this. But, I mean, a bunch of people, for a variety of reasons, can't. Do you remember how stressed you were, though, mm-hmm. when the tap was running dry, essentially? Uh, right? Right, right. And when you it were was... panicking, and you were mm-hmm. sad, and you were upset. You felt like that you were failing as a mother. Your very maternal role was not mm-hmm. being met. It was very stressful for you. Right. And especially when our older kids who were in daycare a lot, um, you know, before I stopped working outside the home, you know, towards the end of the year that you're supposed to keep breastfeeding them like you say they're just it was very difficult it's very difficult to keep up with the nutritional demands of an almost one-year-old through breastfeeding when you're spending a lot of time at work even if your work is super generous about like time for pumping and all that stuff like it just it's it it's close to impossible. And so we did end up having to supplement with formula as especially our oldest got older. And that was like one of the most stressful times of my whole life is like being worried and afraid about not being able to feed your child. That's like the most visceral things. And I think one of the things that people don't, I don't know, that people who aren't parents don't get like that not being able to get your kid to eat or to keep food down or whatever it is, like not being able to feed your child, like just how at some weird lizard brain level upsetting that is. Right. And, and of course, <clears throat> but for us, we had a choice. We always had to, we could have, if worse, it came to worse, we could yeah, fall back on formula. formula in the right. store. But now mo- a lot of moms who are using formula can't breastfeed for some reason. It's just not taking or whatever. And right. so- and so they have no, no nothing. So I saw a bunch of people posting, some of whom I think we know, saying that they made their own formula. Of, right. Like- but the, those and <clears throat> so I assume there's a variety of recipes out there. But like some of the ones that I've seen mm-hmm. going around that involve like condensed milk and corn syrup, that is not nutrition for a baby. That's not. It's just not. I mean, like uh, breast milk is obviously like the best thing for a baby, but They've spent a lot of time developing these formulas to mimic mm-hmm. that nutrition as closely as possible. And, and you know, what's in stuff that you can mix from the store shelf, it's not the same thing. It's just not. And Well, it's- but Alice, the fact is we're in the United States of America and we're trying to find home brews to feed infants because we're out of stuff. Right. It's pretty damn remarkable. Right. But there's like a conservative pediatrician that I follow on Twitter. And one of the things he said, is like, if you're going to be a prepper, not depending on going to the store, you know, totally independent person, then you're going to have to be a person who's able to breastfeed. And that's like not fair because not everyone can. But that's just the reality because there's not a homemade solution for feeding babies that replicates that. There's just not. And I mean, there's been cases like, first of all, you know, hundreds of years ago, people breastfed for much longer because it was such a convenient way to feed children. And that there really aren't good options like from nature. Like nature has provided the right option already. And there's not like really other alternatives found in nature. And it's very, it's very, very difficult to mimic that. Now, like, will your baby die if you do homemade formula? Probably not. <laughs> like there's Still, probably the gonna... fact we shouldn't we shouldn't be in this place. I know. It's a mess. It's <clears throat> absolutely terrible and the fact that the white house hasn't been on top of this and jen saki had like nothing productive to say about this the other day and pointed people like to the fda as though well it's she's problem. got a lengthy and meaty uh word um convoy that she that she distributes and mobilizes but it's just a whole bunch of words i mean i don't think that they really have answers and uh so she goes right to the to the notebook to the trapper keeper and goes to the page on there not being no more formula left in the country um but they also just don't i don't think but they know what to do the I, don't, answer, I think yeah. they're also the trying to from... i think they don't really want to be starkly in the news cycle standing next to the formula shortage because they don't want to be associated with it so she's trying to kind of dance around it and let well it right because the answer what the answer basically boils down to is this is outside our control 
uh, check more stores. Hopefully you find some soon. Best of luck to you. Right. That's like right. the answer that there is. And that's a terrible and stressful answer for parents. Yeah. So moving on to, unless you've got something more here, or just the Supreme Court stuff for a second. Um, I had forgotten about Chuck uh, Schumer saying this a couple of months ago on the Capitol steps. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You won't know what hits you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Wow, it almost sounds like a, the legislative branch is threatening the judicial branch. Remember when the entire media establishment and the left and everybody else uh, said that Sarah Palin was responsible for Gabby Giffords, yeah. uh, a mass shooting because mm-hmm. somebody that she was associated with once put a target symbol on some congressional maps? Right. Yeah. So let's go <laughs> I mean, to like insanity. So let's go to um so this is an interesting thing that's happened here as far as this Roe v. Wade decision comes down. And I, I heard a couple of people, the folks from commentary, suggest last week that this could happen and it really is happening. Now I thought this would be happening in states and le- state legislatures, and it probably will. But this is now happening in high-profile media hits. So listen to this. This is a this is a a a convention of Mensa people for the ages. This is Beto Beto O'Rourke uh, with the View. Once the kid is born, it's bye-bye, baby. That, right. But I, I do want to press further because you're a progressive hero. There are so many people around the country who admire you and your leadership. Do you believe in any limits limitations on abortion, whether it's the third trimester or up until even the final months, nine months? I think Roe versus Wade, which we should remind ourselves is still the law of the land today, mm-hmm. is the 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 reference point that I would look to and. The, the way I think I can best express this is that I trust women. We should all trust women to make their own decisions that are in their best interest for themselves, for their health care, and for their future. That's the way it's been literally my entire life. I'm 49 years old. I'll be 50 this year, but that, that's the way it should be going forward. Um, but, but let me just finish this point super quickly. In, in Texas, under Greg Abbott's watch, 100 kids lost their lives last year in the CPS, Child Protective yeah. Services mm-hmm. System in Texas, under the care and the custody of the state of Texas. If he cared about life, he would have cared about those kids, yeah. but he cares about political points and control and power over women's bodies. And he loves his guns, too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We're going to have more with Beto or Rock when we come. So, one, it's interesting that, that the governor of Texas now in charge of border protection. That's, that's one thing. But here's, here's my, my feeling. Was it border protection or child CPS, protection? CPS, child okay. protective services. Okay. Here's my thing. Um, that's not a good place to be. Open-ended, late-term abortion. And that's what Beto's admitting. Well, I the- leave it to the women. We leave it to the women. Well, the country is supports first trimester, largely, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, no, they don't. And for him to just leave it open-ended, I mean, it's made the discussion much more politically dangerous and unpopular for Democrats than Republicans. Right. So the problem is, for Democrats, is that they've boxed them into themselves into the no restrictions ever position, which is like because... And I almost think it's because Roe versus Wade happened, right? And which, the, despite what Beto says... Roe versus Wade doesn't say just always trust women. Roe versus Wade says that states uh, can't regulate pregnancies until the point of viability, which is much, much earlier than the third trimester. I mean, like, viability now is really like 22 weeks or something. But um, the, the idea that you just trust women at any point in pregnancy is totally fine uh, is not in keeping with not only what the American people think, but what like the rest of the civilized world does. So because the position of Roe and the position of Democrats has now been just trust women to do whatever, Republicans have been put in the position to put forward like really almost insanely reasonable 
restrictions on abortion. Like the Mississippi law on abortion is like super reasonable. The one mm. that the Supreme Court's ruling on, it's 15 weeks with medical exemptions after that. Right. So like life of the mother after 15 weeks, of course, like severe fetal abnormality after 15 weeks, like and anything goes before 15 weeks. That's not some like crazy right to life bill. That's like really moderate and really close to probably like the median voter. So when the Republicans take that position and the Democrats are forced into the position of saying then that's absolutely an unconscionable encroachment on women's rights and women absolutely need to be able to get abortions outside of those extremely. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Modest limitations, it puts them into a very extreme position, and you know where people d disagree with them, and and I think there are moderate Democrat commentators like Matt Iglesias wrote a whole blog about how they should take up as their position like the European position essentially, mm -hmm. which is like somewhere between like fourteen to twenty. But the weeks. legislation that passed in Congress by Democrats is the absolute legislation. Yeah, it's open ended. It's what Beto yeah. was talking about. But if Right now, I think probably Mitch McConnell put forward something that's like essentially the average of what goes on in Europe, which is basically like after the first trimester, they would kick and scream and claim that was like horrific and an assault on women's rights. Right. Which, I mean, like, I, personally, I'd like to see way more than that, but I, I'm not going to get what I want, but I'd be willing to take anything that reduces the number of abortions in this country. And I, I think that like... Beto is sitting here arguing and like being unable to say that third trimester abortions are a horrific practice that really is just infanticide at that point. Like, what what are we playing? Well, at but he's, like, his feeling is if a woman says it, then it's fine. Well, That's, then why not after they're born too? Like, I just don't well, get really what the maybe difference he's open -ended is at that to, point. Maybe he's willing to listen to you. <laughs> All right, Dateline, somewhere I've been, Alice. You haven't been. Dateline, Stanford University. Okay. How do you suppose this is going to compile? Stanford investigating noose found on campus as a hate crime. So immediately when I saw this, I thought to myself, okay, here we go. I, I have a feeling that what this is going to mean is Stanford investigating something that's not a noose found <laughs> on campus. But here we go. Stan Stanford. That's where all the people from Google go and Facebook. That's where all the smartest tech people in the world go. Stanford. They don't seem like news people, really. Correct. Stanford University, and this is in the Hill, and it's just so wonderful. It's so, so wonderful. People are so yearning. Now, you would think that you would actually have, we'll get to it, a, an important paragraph closer to the top, but no. Stanford University announced on Monday that it is investigating a news found hanging near an undergraduate residence as a hate crime. My goodness. So if the noose is found hanging near an underground residence, that's meant to intimidate, obviously. A noose is a hateful representation of anti-black racism and violence, Stanford President Mark Tessier-Levine said in a statement to the school's community. It is deeply disturbing that someone would choose to inflict this repugnant symbol on our community, we are working in vigorous and committed ways to advance equity, inclusion, and belonging in our Stanford community. We have been making progress, but incidents like this one show how far we still have to go, he added. So now the, the Hill, of course, puts paste his entire statement in there, essentially, to put some space between 
the lead, the headline, and the important factor. The news was found on Sunday evening hanging from a tree near the undergraduate residence of Branner Hall, according to the school. Stanford said several ropes were apparently used for a student performance a few years ago and were left tied to the tree. <laughs> with one found Sunday turned into a noose. Huh. I would like to see that. Who who commits a rape crime? A hate, hate crime by saying, you know what, I'm going to fashion a noose just to show these people. I need to find pre-installed ropes hanging from places and tie loops into the end of them. School officials said the noose was removed immediately after the Stanford University Department of Public Safety was notified about it, with the incident now being investigated as a hate crime. Oddly enough, they haven't given us a picture of this noose, which is one of three ropes put there for performances a few years ago. We cannot state strongly enough that a noose is a reprehensible symbol of anti-black racism and violence that will not be tolerated on our campus. As a community, we must stand united against such those yada yada. yada. You hear how this is right. going. That's from the two vice provosts, whatever the freak that is. Stanford noted that nooses are potential nooses. Potential nooses. <laughs> what are potential nooses? Have been discovered on its campus, including in November and in July of 2019. <laughs> they found a potential noose. In November. Yes, they found potential nooses, which is potentially racist, as a matter of fact. In November, the school received a report about two long cords <laughs> hanging from a tree. I guess a long cord is a potential news near a walking trail. I mean, what but is it said, a potential news? But it said at the time it could not be s certain whether the ropes were deliberately fashioned in the shape of nooses or part, part of an abandoned swing or rope ladder, given how long they had been hanging there. <laughs> in July, a noose was also reportedly discovered near a residence hall on campus. So the, the, and the Hill tells us that they've removed the comments for the section because I assume the white supremacists are celebrating in them. But just think, this starts with Stanford University announced on Monday that it is investigating a noose found near, hanging near an undergraduate residence as a hate crime. And doesn't get to us to tell us that, oh, just you should know, by the way, that the noose has been hanging there for years as part of a performance. So I wasn't alive when the KKK was active. But oh, I you are now. But I assume that when they targeted somebody, it was a little clearer cut and like easier to tell that they'd been there. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> it wasn't like nobody was questioning. Hey, Hank, uh, should I go and... Uh, <laughs> Did the KKK mean this to be threatening? Hank, should no, I go? I'm not sure. I was thinking of after the cross burning and uh, entangling uh, some potential nooses near the church down the street. What do you think? It's vaguely like a noose. What do you think? <laughs> Close you know, enough, you know, right? You know what, Bill? I would, uh, I would go idea. full noose if you're going to go noose, or else somebody might think, I was going to use a cord with a loop. What do you think? No, I would use a noose, really. If you're going to do a noose attack. <laughs> a then... potential noose. Is spray a can of spray paint, is that a potential graffiti? Yes. Is a piece of wood a potential burning cross? Potential noose. There you <laughs> go. Stanford noose. University. Okay. The provosts have spoken out. The president of the college has spoken out. Everybody has spoken out. So you you saw the words. They used the words equity in that in that uh, story. We believe in equity, inclusion, whatever. So the, obviously the DEI department used a tractor beam, made some kids say, that's a noose. Oh, okay, sir. The kids said that's a So the DEI department then got this thing going, and this is what they're there in the college for, right? right? So that brings us to well, the... Well, they have to justify their probably... Three hundred thousand right. dollars salary. Oh, totally. And, and this gets us to back to what you were talking about last night, because last night you talked about this story out of Utah that showed that that there was that um, legal scholars were writing to the state, but medicines were sounding the alarm that mm -hmm. stuff was given out that the treatments for COVID were given out based on race, mm -hmm. race points. So, and I, this had happened in Massachusetts as well, under different names, but always you can tell because the word equity is in there. And this had happened in Connecticut as well. So anyway, I just went back. First of all, I looked on my on the hard drive, that's what you still call it here, that I've been using for the burn barrel here for the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I just put in um, equity, just to see what I had there. And it's very interesting. It's, of course, as we knew, everywhere. And they've been very clear about it. Every White House, every White House component and every agency will be involved in this work because advancing equity has to be everyone's job. 
Advancing equity has to be everyone's job. Last year, um, in 2021, as Ned Lamont was trying to spread the vaccines around, once again, he was doing TV hits, proudly declaring it. If um, everybody's a priority, nobody's a priority. You hear that? <laughs> if everybody's a priority, nobody's a priority. So we decided to keep it simple, focused on age and equity. Lamont says a special focus will be made to boost vaccination supply and rates in minority communities. Allocate extra doses so as many um, folks from an underserved population are getting vaccinated as, uh, in the suburbs. So essentially, health officials chased black and Latinx <laughs> people around communities, neighborhoods, in order to get them vaccinated because the numbers weren't looking good. And then eventually they stopped because the numbers for the whole entire state started to go to hell. Because there was this logjam, because they were... Right, because we they need were... to make equity and justice part of what we do every day. Today, tomorrow, and every day. Here's Lamont again in 2021 talking about vaxes. If we prioritize by age um, and then had a separate track for the most underserved community, we could get it done quickly, efficiently, and with equity. Well, they scrapped the second track uh, because that didn't work whatsoever and went eventually for people at risk of dying from COVID, which is probably a smart thing to do. Miguel Cardona, who's the Secretary of Education, also a Connecticut guy. We're doing an equity summit uh, next week to really get the conversation going about how we can build back better. Uh, we have some amazing uh, thinkers and educators from across the country that are going to be uh, discussing best ways to think about equity at the center of reopening schools. Oh, back to the president. We need to make the issue of racial equity not just an issue for any one department of government. It has to be the business of the whole of government. That's why I issued, in one of the first days, my whole government executive order that will, for the first time, advance equity for all throughout our federal policies and institutions. It focuses on the full range of communities who have been long underserved and overlooked, people of color, Americans with disabilities, LGBTQ Americans, religious minorities, rural, urban, suburban communities facing persistent poverty. Here's the Kinetic Board of Education. We do want to get to a 50-50 level. And what that, what that entails is, um, you know, uh, you know uh, getting more females involved into the highly technical trades. You know, we don't want girls to just think that they can come for hairdressing or cosmetology. We want them coming for IT. As a vital component of policies and practices that support equity in our public schools, educational excellence and equity. What if they like graphic design and hair stuff? What if it, no, we have to push towards equity. Kamala Harris actually did an ad themed equity. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. Yada, yada, yada. You see how that goes. Right. So, um, anyway. So, I'll... they didn't give out the same amount of medicine. Right. <laughs> or right. investigate things equally for people. They didn't treat people equally, which is has always been the principle in this country, is that you do have to treat people equally under the law, not mm -hmm. that you have to achieve equity through government, which is not, it's not an outcome that you can ever make happen. You just right. can't do it. So but, it always leads to bad outcomes. It always leads to bad outcomes. It led to them having to throw out vaccine doses because, you know, once they started using them, they had to use them up before the end of the day. So, like, that's how I know a lot of people who got vaccinated because they, like, the liberals that I know were, like, waiting around outside vaccine clinics until the end of the day <laughs> when they were giving out doses because they couldn't get to everybody, right? So they would start it to take people, like, even if you weren't on any of the endangered groups lists or whatever. So it, it, all, it always leads to a mess, right? But it's just incredible, like, the outcry and the freak out if you, like, so much as question a tiny bit of this agenda. The, the agenda is stupid, and it doesn't work. And every time it's put into practice, it's uniformly terrible. Mm -hmm. But if you, like, push back against it, you're the worst person on planet Earth. And, like, you don't see this anywhere better than with Ron DeSantis, because he absolutely makes people completely deranged. And... I sent you in this article today, but... Hold on, hold so, on. Are you moving off of equity? 
Um, I was going to move to the Ron DeSantis. <clears throat> well, article, hang on one but... second, because I want you to hear from Ron DeSantis okay. on equity, which I think it completely caps off why we need him to be president. And they bring a lot of this into those institutions and they call it equity. Um, just understand when you hear equity used, that is just an, an ability for people to smuggle in their ideology because we don't need to have these terms. Perfect. Yeah. So Ron DeSantis gets it and doesn't buy into this and has chucked a bunch of math textbooks because they focus on teaching this. And more to the point, like all of this really, I mean, and I know that this is a tired talking point on the right, but it's it's all communism by another name. It's Mm -hmm. all we need to find a way to stop people from you know, having such different outcomes in life. We need to somehow get everybody to the same outcome, which is just not something that's possible for governments to do. And it always leads to a mess. So Ron DeSantis, the latest freakout is that he dared to create a Victims of Communism Day to teach students the importance of freedom. And I happened on this article by somebody named Kylie Chung, who writes for Jezebel and is a clinically insane person Mm -hmm. she's not all right all of her tweets are like about um abortion access for indigenous people and like there's every talking point that you can get her staff writer jezebel pro-abortion anti-capitalist so there, Mm -hmm. there we go it's all it's all the same fight it's all the same argument that we're having right so she wrote the following for jezebel which is one of the worst publications in america Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will have you know he's a strong proponent of freedom. Within mere weeks of signing legislation to all but prohibit the word gay from being uttered at Florida schools, among a host of other dangerous anti-LGBTQ measures, and trying to pull books out of classrooms for mentioning anything having to do with race, DeSantis on Monday signed a bill to establish November 7th as Victims of Communism Day. This day of remembrance will notably require students to learn the truth about communism, which, according to DeSantis, involves a death toll that exceeds 100 million. I'm sure that random number, which he and other conservatives frequently pull out of thin air, will be easier to push on Florida's youth now that the state has banned all those math textbooks. (laughs) This person's nuts. I I uh, I think that it's interesting that they don't like to hear about how many people communism killed. Mm hmm. When communism has been, I mean, it's killed way more. Well, there's people a great line like coming Nazism. up, I think, which is perfect. Which is every like 15 year old humanities person in rich towns uh, generally feels this way. For any impressionable Florida kids that may be reading this, please note that there have never been any true communist countries, owing largely to violent intervention from the U.S. and other That's Western right. superpowers. But that hasn't stopped American propagandists and revisionist histories from slapping the label on any country the U.S. doesn't like. No, we're the, the do- talking is- about countries that call themselves communists, lady. But also, this is really seventh grade level debating <laughs> from know. some kid who learned a new word. It's never been tried in the right way. It's never capitalism. Capital Western countries destroyed it. Well, the the thing is this: is that when you create a new form of government and reshape society where the government controls the uh, property and the means of production and you have that either domestically or as Trotsky wanted to do, you try to export it, you have to contend with the realities that there are other countries and systems of government out there. So I'm sorry that uh, Marx and Trotsky uh, didn't uh, game that out, that there would be other countries that weren't communists out there, but there are. Right. So I'm sorry. And she goes on, and for all the issues that those countries, many of which were subjugated by Western military conquest and colonization Mm. for decades, may have, note that not calling an ambulance when on the brink of death because most ambulances don't take insurance, insulin that costs $113 per vial, 13 times the average in comparable countries, and $1.75 trillion in student loan debt crises are all uniquely American experiences. The U.S. is also very much a leader in its populations of unhoused and incarcerated people, many of whom are criminalized for survival mm-hmm. crimes stemming from poverty. Right. I wonder if any of those quirky little factoids will be discussed in classrooms. Right. The factoids of of the 10 to 20 million people shot by firing squads or or purposefully uh, starved to death by communist regimes. I wonder if those factoids will be included in her 
uh, in her column here, anywhere. Yeah, how's the how's uh, the pro-choice situation been in China over the last few decades? By the way, oh, that's a great column, Alice. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, should we? Okay, well, we will play a couple of messages from the chat chat. Or do you want to get to more? Or do you want to finish that? Um, I had one more thing that I wanted to mention, and then maybe we should we- punt chat chat till tomorrow then. Uh, there's only there's only yeah. there's there's not a, there's not a big array of okay, messages okay, anyway. Okay, so okay. no, no. So so so, so what okay, I'm saying well, is, guys, th- th- um, we need more. Uh, you guys do more chat chat messages. Leave more messages. Okay. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them to tell. Right. The no, audience. I know. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get to chat chat tomorrow. So then I can read this one more thing, which is um, that interestingly, the um, we'll do one chat chat message. Okay, but can I do this first? Or yes. No? Okay. So everybody, by the way, has now like downloaded the ultra MAGA talking point. Everything's ultra MAGA. Not nobody's just MAGA anymore. Everybody's ultra MAGA. Yes. So, um, Politico has this article out about how this ultra MAGA candidate is now um, who wasn't supposed to have a chance is mm-hmm. now polling like right alongside Doctor Oz and that other guy in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So. Dr. Oz and this guy, David McCormick, have spent like $25 million on TV ads so far in Pennsylvania for the Republican primary. And this woman has spent like $100,000 on ads. And she's, you know, not endorsed by Trump. Oz is endorsed by Trump. And she wasn't supposed to have a chance. But... um You know, Oz and McCormick have been beating each other up and people actually really like her. Mm -hmm. She um, she is the product. This is like her life story that she goes by when she's in the race is that she's a product of like she could have been aborted. Right. Mm -hmm. She's a product of rape uh, whose mother was 11 years old when she was conceived. And she wasn't aborted. As a child, she lived on a pig farm without insulation. And she went on to become a veteran, an adjunct professor of corporate finance, and the author of Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, being black and conservative in America. So she's a black woman, and she wasn't supposed to, like, even be a factor in this race. But people just like her, and she's polling up, like, with everybody else. So she has a real shot to be the nominee for... A Senate race in a state that could easily go Republican in a swing year like this year is going to be. Who's the senator? Who's the incumbent? Um, I think this is an open seat now, isn't it? Is this Ohio? No, this is Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think the- it's an open seat because it's Oz and then it's that other guy, the like big tattoo. The Democrats have that like the lieutenant oh. governor guy oh, okay. who's like the big tattooed guy do you know what i'm talking yeah. about i forget his name but anyway but i think it's an open seat so well very cool let's try to get her on so that's cool her name is kathy barnett so she's the latest ultra maga person let's look into that, her. to look out for let's look into her for tomorrow that's interesting i didn't know that else thank you all right let's, let's just we'll do two messages and then out okay okay uh here's the first one Hey, Tom, it's me, Jimmy. I don't know what to do to calm Rosalind down. She's throwing shit like crazy. Man. Okay, baby, I'm going to dress up like a Power Ranger, but calm down. Oh, my gosh. That is purporting to be my brother, Jimmy Shattuck. (laughs) That is not... Jimmy Shattuck probably doesn't know what a Power Ranger is. That is not how he sounds. This is incorrect. Um... Uh, this is this is a slander on the name of the good name of Jimmy Shattuck. Let's see. Hi, Tom and Alice. This is Phil in Attleboro. Hey, Phil. I'm concerned about the next wave of COVID in Massachusetts. And uh, out, of an ab- out of an abundance of caution, I'm thinking of opening a neighborhood home school for kindergartners. Yeah, good idea. Would you happen to have the contact info for that Bill Ricker kindergarten teacher? I'd love to pick her brain for some teaching hints on equity, diversity, inclusion, social learning theory, <laughs> and white fragility. <laughs> Thanks very much. You can call me at I81U812. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. By the way, I'm not sure if we know that person's pronouns, Phil. Uh, last year I taught entirely remotely, which means all of the parents 
parents got to hear all of my teaching, um, which um, is very exciting. The other part is that I was teaching remote kindergarten, which is hilarious, by the way. Everyone should try it. Um, and so I did a lesson on um, white privilege, essentially. I talked about how some people are treated differently based on what they look like. Oh, sounds good. I will get that information for you, I promise. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. As always, you can leave those chat chat messages at burnbarrelpodcast.com. There's a red button where you can click to record your message. You can also email us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com, or you can always talk to us. By the way, we're only racing out of here because we've got to get to uh, half of us to my daughter's softball game and the other half to go pick up food. You needed to know that. I mean, orphans. <laughs> um... And where was I? Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. C'est la vie. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.